0: It's certainly been a blessing so far, hasn't it? The worship today, the music, it's been so wonderful. The choir and the congregation and the piano and the organ. organ. Um, Brother Jeff, thank you for uh, that wonderful tribute to our veterans. I didn't really plan it like that. Today's sermon is entitled Stone of Sacrifice. Reminds us of the veterans and what they have done. So many of them sacrificing some to the utmost. For our freedom, We are in this time of thanksgiving, and I pray God would encourage us to be more thankful, though that's something that we ought to do all the time. You know, it is a decision we make to be thankful. God has called us to be thankful for all things, and we certainly have so many things to be thankful for. Today, I want to review some scriptures that kind of magnifies um, the different looks that we have in our life. I hope that it will be a personal sort of message for you and me uh, as we embrace uh, looking back, uh, looking to the future, and looking at our present. Always remember that what you think about God is the most important thing about you. It has a profound effect of how you respond to life in every situation that you have. It is your witness you are to be salt of the earth. God has made you that by changing your heart and giving you His divine illumination. I want you to turn with me or stand with me a few minutes. I want to read an Old Testament passage way back in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Beginning at verse 13, or verse 8 rather, reading to verse 13. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And Samuel was offering, or as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines grew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and said, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Thank you so much. Would you please be seated? In this passage, we see the context. You remember the Ark of the Covenant has been taken from Israel. Israel had gone through a time where the glory of God had departed. Um... They had worshipped false gods, and God was displeased with that. But by God's grace, they come to understand when God said, "You put away those false gods and turn to me, and I will bless you." And so that's where that, that's what's happening here and, and so, so they repented of their sins, and they came before God, and they go through Samuel who is sort of like a priest with them and and he prays for them, and we started out reading, talking about how God's people says, you cry out to God for us. What is so amazing about this, and what it has to do with Thanksgiving, I think, is they wanted to put up a memorial there. And that Ebenezer stone is a memorial, hitherto hath the God helped us. But it's amazing to me, too, that it was done in the very place that 20 years ago that he had been severely defeated by the Philistines. Most of us don't like to go back to those places of defeat, but we ought to. I think that's how we can really come to grasp with what God has done for us. You see, Thanksgiving is not so much uh, thinking about and certainly maybe includes certainly what we have, But also, it ought to include what we don't have. What we are not. How God has blessed us in that way and changing our hearts and minds as by his constraining grace has brought us to embrace him in those ways. What I want to try to say from God's word is three things. We're starting regarding the stone of sacrifice. First of all, I want us to understand that Thanksgiving, and the blessings that it celebrates, the goodness of God, whether that's dealing with our defeats, our losses, our hurts, our blessings and the goodness of God, always comes through the sacrifice. Anything you have done that is good comes because Jesus died on the cross for you. And we should be so thankful for that. Nothing is ever achieved spiritually, righteously, without sacrifice. And this stone of sacrifice gives us the idea that it is a memorial to us that we should hand down to others, testifying that we truly are thankful for the blessings that God has given us through the sacrifice of his son Jesus for our sins. That makes all the difference in the world, it does. So the three points I want to try to make is I pray that God would help us keep a divine diary. Do you keep a divine diary in your life? What I mean by that is let's look back and see how God has blessed us. In other words, this key verse, of course, is hitherto hath the Lord helped us. What that means is up to now. Up to now, as we look back, we see, God, you've helped me. And may God help us again take that personally as we say, up to now, God, you have helped me. Can you think of the situations in your life? Just let it roll back a minute divinely and think about those times in your life that God has blessed you, how he's helped you. And you will find that most of time, it's probably on that time of defeat when you were at your lowest ebb, God was there. And what a blessing to rejoice in that and to see that, uh, to look back and to say, thank you, God, for your helping us. And, And to understand that as these children of Israel come to Samuel and to understand that the sacrifice... The lamb was sacrificed. Notice what he says in verse 9. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. See, that was the prerequisite for the prayer that Samuel was praying and for the blessings of the defeat of the Philistines. See, the defeat of the Philistines was not because of Samuel's prayer. The defeat was because of the sacrifice that gave merit to Samuel's prayer. You see, your victory over your sins, your calling of God for confessing your sins is not because you pray. It's not because you do your devotionals. All of those things you ought to do. But it comes because Jesus died on the cross. See, that is the stone of sacrifice. That's that stone, that cornerstone that can never be moved. And you can build your life on the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is who makes us worthy. It is his merit. And Samuel blessed God as he made that sacrifice and he prayed to God and God heard the prayer and the Philistines were discomfited before Israel had anything to do with it. Now they showed their responsibility in that they pursued the Philistines and they made an effort to do what God had already done and promote that in their life. And that's what we should do. But I want us to see, first of all, as we look back, as we keep our uh, divine diary of, of life, so to speak, how that God has helped us. How many sins, how many times has God forgiven us? How many times has He forgiven me? I'm going to tell you guys a million times or more. What a blessing to think that God is forgiving me so many times. And I know He's forgiven you. How many fiery furnaces have you been in when Jesus was there? How many hospital waiting rooms have you stood and laid? And and how many uh, tears have you shed on your pillows at night? of the brokenness of life, and God was there. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing to think back of how God blesses us. Hitherto hath the Lord helped me. You know, yesterday I was visiting with uh, Brother Andy Morris and, and his uh, sister Terry about Sister Dorona's service this afternoon. And uh, I didn't know that Sister Dorona had a, had a, a birth deformity and, she had to have a lot of surgery when she was just a little girl. And uh, Terry was telling me that they were in Augusta. She was a little girl, and uh, she was having surgery. And she said, you know, my mama has had a profound affection for the Lord Jesus, she says, from her early childhood. And she said she remembered. See, this was a part of her divine diary. She said she told me that, that when she was in the hospital, this there by herself, Said and there was a little boy that would come look in the door every day. And said, I was, she said, I would be crying. and She said, that little boy would look in the door and said, don't cry. Jesus is in this room. And he left. And she said, you know, her mama said, I never got over that. Jesus was in this room. And I told Terry and I told uh, Andy, I said, that was God. That was an angel of God. What little boy is going to walk into a hospital room and tell you Jesus is there? I'm going to tell you, we need to grasp more fully the things of God in our lives and think about, oh God, thank you so much. Do not take God for granted. You get out your diary and you think about what God has done for you. How he's blessed you, how he's kept you. And that's what Samuel was saying. Now, look, we're going to pile up some rocks and we're going to say, right up to now, God, you have helped me. And there's not a person in this congregation or listening to this message that can't say that. And we need to stay on that stone of sacrifice. May the Lord bless us to see that and rejoice in that. And you know, uh, he says in verse 8, says, cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. God is our helping hand. We don't need a handout. No, no. What we need is a hand of God. And we need to see the hand of God in our lives. It would be the most wasteful, pitiful, uh, unpurposeful life a man or woman could live if you do not see the hand of God in your life. Man, yesterday we had some of my family over a little pond and we had a little birthday celebration and, and I was thinking there sitting in that chair looking at those kids and grandkids and friends and, and all that was there and I said, that is God. Thank you, God. What, what about where I would be without God? Where would you be if God had not changed your life and given you his spirit? Man, we need to just rejoice in that. What a blessing to know. It's not again, it's not a matter what you had in God or who you can't be like. It's that you're not who you would be without God. That we can rejoice in God and bless him and thank him, thank him for his great many blessings. See, the hand of God is greater than any other hand. And you start looking for God, and you're going to find the hand of God. You're going to want that. uh, In in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, there was a famine, and and Elijah prayed. And and that drought was broken, and they were wondering about it. And he said, you look over there. See, there's there's a hand, a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And about that time, it started raining. I remember my grandmama when I was just a little boy, the same one that called me in and said, it's coming up a cloud. But I remember that woman sitting on that screen porch. Her son was dying and she told another woman. I was six or eight years old, but I remembered it. That is a memorial. You tell people how God has helped you. She says, I don't know how he's gonna make it, but I have seen the hand of God. I believe God's hand is in this. And it's almost like she had a vision of the hand of God. I never forgot that. You start promoting Jesus, you start telling people how good God has been to you, you will be doing exactly what God has saved you to do. The hand of God. I will tell you, it's greater than any other hand we got. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice in John 10 and they follow me. And he says, my hand, he says, hey, nobody can pluck them out of my hand. I mean, the enemies, they were concerned about the enemies plucking out of hand. I'm going to tell you, God up to now has helped us, has not He? You think God's going to leave you hanging? <laughs> I guarantee you, He's not. God never starts something, He doesn't finish. Okay? So, so Jesus says, um, No one's going to pluck them out of hand, neither my Father's hand, because my Father's hand is greater than them all. David said in the Psalms, in Psalm 31 15, he said, My times are in thy hands. We need to be thankful, God, that my times are in your hands. But I'm going to tell you, when you get to tough parts of life and you really cry out for the hand of God, you're going to see the hand of God, but you're going to see it's a nail-scarred hand. It's going to be nail-scarred. And if Jesus hadn't got scars, you are worshiping an imposter because he is a Savior that suffered. He is a Savior that died on the cross. And that cross has a profound, radical influence on everything we do in life, especially Thanksgiving. I'll tell you the greatest Thanksgiving feast that's ever been. It might not have had turkey and dressing, cranberry sauce and sweet potato pie. I'll tell you what it had. It had unleavened bread. And it was a little cup of wine. And Jesus says, he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Jesus says, this is my blood, shed for you. Now my friends, that is thanksgiving. That is a stone of sacrifice. Jesus says, whenever you do it, it don't matter how many times you do it, but every time you do it, you remember me. And that's what thanksgiving is about. So keep a divine diary. Number two, expect divine deliverance. You've got to expect divine deliverance. Now here's the deal. God will bring you and me into some difficult times. But that's so we can see his hand more clearly. He will get you in such a mess that you can't get out of there yourself. You can't, you're going to have to cry to God. You're going to have to see God's hand in it. And we're going to surrender to God. And we're going to say, God, you did this. So not only we're looking back, we're looking to the future. Because I'm going to tell you, come hell or high water, Jesus Christ is going to reign. And he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. God, the word of God is solid and sure and forever settled in heaven. It's like a stone. And I'm going to tell you, if you're going to really be thankful, you've got to believe when you don't feel like believing. See, faith or thankfulness is really tied tight to faith. Romans chapter 4, the Abraham, the father of the faithful, this is what we find. Romans chapter 4, Abraham was in a situation where he didn't have reason to hope. He says in verse 18, Who against hope believed in hope? He didn't have none, but he believed it anyway. He was an old man, couldn't have a baby, but he said, God said, You're going to have it. You don't listen to what you feel like. People listen too much to their feelings when other people say, You listen to what God says. God says, I, I promise I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God says, if you come to me and you confess your sins, I'll cleanse you and forgive you all iniquities. That he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Look at Romans 4. In verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's room. See, you can look at the future and say, well, man, I don't want nobody going to make it. You see, you've you got to understand God. Nothing's too hard for God. He staggered not, he says in verse 20, "The promise has God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. The harder things got, the more he believed. Hey, we got to understand that. The harder things get, the more we've got to believe. Do not give up on God. Because God is not a giving up God. God is solid and strong. He changes not, but He will change you. And what He's telling us to do is to change and focus on Him and believe Him, for God counts it as righteousness when you do. Go on. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully s- persuaded that He had promised or what He had promised He was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to Him for righteousness. Now, it was not written just for Abraham, look. Not for him alone that it was imputed to him, but for us, that's me and you, also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now, here's the stone of sacrifice. Verse 25, who, this Jesus, was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You see, the whole deal, the foundation of Abraham's faith was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection had come because Jesus died. How did Abraham willingly, or was wanting to, or willingly offer his son Isaac? Because he believed that God was able to raise him up. So expect divine deliverance. Jonah did. God, Jonah did. Salvation is of the Lord. Deepen your dependence on God, my last point. Deepen your dependence. That's what a stone of sacrifice will do. Here's the deal in a nutshell, as I understand it. You go to where you've suffered your defeat. That's what happens in this text. Whatever that addiction is, sin you've committed, failures, disappointments, loss. I'm going to tell you this. You start running from God, you'll run from everything. You hear me? You go right up to God, and you get real up close to Him, and you get to the feet of Jesus, and you do like Revelation 5, when the glory and the seal is opened, and, and the one that's able to do it is Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And the vision was a lamb slain yet standing. See? Your defeat is your victory. Because Jesus says that's where you're going to gain. When you live, you got to die. When you lose, you're going to find. When you're humbled, you're going to be lifted up. Now that's how God works Following Jesus is not like walking in on the yellow big road. It's a stained blood stained path that is narrow and straight but it leads to life. A life we can thank God. If you're going to be honest with God and anybody else you're going to have to admit it's your defeats where you really grow. We need to see those graves of our past sins and problems. That's what happened. How many graves of the Israelites it was this very valley? You got to know where God blessed you. You see this stone? Somebody recognized it a while ago. I picked that up on a trip to Israel. That came from the Valley of Elah. That's where David fought Goliath. The God said I could do it. I picked up a bag of them. I've given some to my grandchildren and other people that I know. I'm going to tell you what it reminds me of. David fought a great giant there. But that was a stone of sacrifice. Why? Why didn't David want the the, the armor that the the king offered him? Because he had not proven them. He has proven God. And you're going to prove God in the difficulties that you face. Because David had faced a lion and a bear. And he said, God delivered me and God will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine giant. And he picked up a smooth stone and the stone of sacrifice in a smooth stone because it's Jesus' life that was perfect, not spot or not wrinkle. Behold the Lamb of God, John the Baptist says, who taketh away the sin of the world. I believe it too. What a blessing. What a blessing to see the, the valley that God gives us and how he blesses us. May the Lord bless us. I could go on. I'm going to tell you I could. But anyway, God is going on in your life. All I'm trying to say, if you want to think about, you read these scriptures are testimony of a people that were flat broke spiritually and the reason they weren't they had gotten away from God if your life is not full of thanksgiving and joy I didn't say everything had to be hunky-dory it's not going to be God is sending difficulties but he's going to send you the strength that you need to overcome through the power of Jesus his blood it's a stone of sacrifice no wonder Peter says that we are lively stones. That's what you are as a believer. So we look back. Visit your diary in the coming days of God, what God has done for you. I'm not about you personally. Then you look to the future. Because I'm going to tell you, if God has done pretty good up to now, and he has, I I would say there's a good chance, or there's a good certainty he's going to do pretty good right on, don't you? He doesn't change. And then for all that, we can see that's what it means to present, that God is with us. What a blessing to rejoice, to be thankful. I pray God would help us to do that. I want to be more thankful. And it doesn't mean that I've got to have less problems to be more thankful. Does it you? Actually, in order to help us be more thankful, the more problems we have. Because what? It's not the problem. It's the problem. The problem is our attitude about our problem. Israel came to understand, God, I want God. I want God more than everything else. And the treasure that he is to me means that I can let go of this world and serve him and bless him and be happy and thankful. And I can believe God and trust him where he he blesses me or not. That's being thankful. Would you bow with me? Dear, we thank you, Heavenly Father, we really do. Sometimes I know, Lord, we just say words, but I know, Lord, as far as this little preacher, I'm often very unthankful. Please forgive me. Help us all, Lord, to look back on our lives and see what you've done for us personally. Some of it, Lord, we can't even know. I know that, but some of it we can, and it will only propel us to love you more. For your word says Those that are much given, much is required. And you've given us much. And help us, Lord, to look at the future and really expect you to do something really, really good. And your goodness, Lord, is so much a part of your character. But what makes your goodness so great is you're good to sinners like us. That's what makes the diamond shine in the backdrop of a black canvas. Or an oasis so refreshing in the middle of a desert. And Lord, we know that this present times are difficult times. But you've given us that to grow our faith and make us more like Jesus, haven't you? We thank you for it. So we're not going to pray you take away our problems. We're going to ask you to give us strength, Lord, to the power to glorify you. Well, we know that you're in those rivers that have... No water. You are that shadow of a rock in a weary land. Covert from the tempest, a hiding place from the storm. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Bless us. May Jesus be glorified. May we be mag- him be magnified through our lives and help us pile up these stones of sacrifice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.